welcome to the first episode of Summoner's Cast, an Amulet Titan podcast made by two fans of Arboreal Grazer. Today we just wanted to take a minute to introduce ourselves, explain our goals for this podcast, what we're planning on doing, and recap our experience at SCGCon New Jersey a couple weekends ago. Hey, I'm Nathan. I started playing Magic at Magic Origins, so the summer of 2015. My favorite formats are CDH, Vintage Cube, Modern, play a lot of other things though. I started playing Amulet Titan in January of 2019, so I've been playing the deck for about four years now. It's been the only deck I've played in Modern pretty much since then. I, I've enjoyed mastering that one. I top-aided SCGCon Baltimore this past summer. I top 32 Jersey, as we're going to talk about today. Um, I've won a store championship. I've top-aided some RCQs. And as many of you might know, I've been at the top of the trophy leaderboard this season. Likely not going to happen again, but we'll see about that. And I'm Noah. I started playing Magic in 2019, and I played on and off during the pandemic, and right when in-person play came back, I got into Modern around MH2, and I've been playing Titan for about a year and a half now. My best result with the deck was probably the challenge that I won last November, um, and I've won a couple of local events other than that, but I'm just a glorified FNM warrior. Our goal for this podcast is to make quality content about Amulet Titan, a resource that anyone can use to help get better at the deck. Um, as such, we're not going to commit to any schedule. We're not going to say that we're releasing weekly, bi-weekly, or monthly podcasts. Um, we don't want to actually force the content. We want to make sure that it's quality. So if there's a new card release that we think is interesting, if there's a tournament we want to recap as we're going to do today, if we want to produce a matchup or sideboard guides of any kind, we're going to do that, but we're not going to have any fluff podcasts. Um, they're probably not going to be very frequent, but we hope that you enjoy anyway. Let's get into the meat of what we want to talk about, which is SCG Con Jersey. After a miserable six-hour drive up the Jersey Turnpike, we got there on Friday night, and I think there were a lot of things that we just did not expect to see or did not plan for that we had to adjust to quickly based off of the challenges on the Friday that we missed. Yeah, the, the biggest of those probably was the massive prevalence of blue-white X control decks in the trials. A lot of 4-1-5-0s that we saw, which is pretty typical for SCG in general, but still unexpected given the decks that were doing well in online events. The trial meta, I think if we look back at it, was very much different from the main 20k and also what was played at the 5k. There was an overabundance of Breach. Another deck and a couple of other decks that we didn't expect to see were Eldrazi Tron, Green Tron, and just decks that are more popular in paper than you expect to see based off of their share on Magic Online. That... We really didn't think we were going to see. I think both Nathan and I planned to play against Merc Titan Scam for 16 rounds consecutively. Yeah, um, absolutely. Um, another big one that I don't think people people saw coming but didn't really understand how big it was going to be was the popularity of the various Breach piles. I think I played against five or six different Breach variants across the weekend in side events and in um, the main event. Yeah, and, uh I mean, I I was playing a lot of leagues online to try to practice for this event, and towards the last, like, five days before the event, I started noticing what I didn't realize was a common deck at the time, uh, this Gigantha Breach deck that uh, was cutting the Grinding Station combo and just basically a halfway point between Grinding Breach and Murktide, which 
it turned out to be very popular. Uh, we even had some members of our team that went up play it as well. Um, that was not something we expected to play against. Thankfully, we already planned on having endurance in our sideboard. I definitely just got blown out a couple of times by not being familiar with what the deck played. Like, I'd be like, oh, let me play this Titan, it would get counterspelled, or I'd play a Dryad, and it would get Unholy Heat, and it seemed to me like Merktide was Merktide, but I think it took, like, a solid match before I understood what I was playing against wasn't just Grinding Breach, and that it was actually its own unique deck, but that deck did very well at uh, Jersey. It was very popular. Yeah, when, you're, when your opponent went turn one, fetch shock, Darcy bobble, after revealing Gigantha, you just think it's prowess. At least at the time, when we were unfamiliar with the deck. And then they play a turn three Teferi, bounce your saga, and you question all of everything. Yeah, so do you want to get into some of the deck choices that we made that, if you look back at our lists, might you know make us question our sanity? Sure. So uh, I think the most questionable choice, we'll just... Uh, we're not going to ignore the elephant in the room at all. It's putting one copy of Emrakul the Promised End in our sideboard. This was obviously specifically for the blue-white control decks. Um, Titan is generally favored in the matchup, um, although a really good blue-white control player, which is most of them at SCG events, is going to be able to win against Titan anyway, just based off skill alone. Um, and the Emrakul is kind of just the the catch-all button in a sense for that matchup if you draw it and you can cast it you're probably winning the game anyway regardless of how well you played the rest of the game so we just kind of wanted that to make sure we don't need to waste our mental energy on this one matchup that is okay but is still really difficult to play and the backstory to this is nathan and i both just brought up a box of like everything we own that might go in titan to decide what our final few flex slots and sideboard slots were going to be we didn't actually have the chance to play in the trials on Friday because Nathan came up with me after I was done with classes. So we left at 3, we got there around 10pm, and the trials were earlier in the day, so we were just looking at the results, and I think the first thing that we saw was how much blue-white control there was, and we both just like sort of nodded at each other and sleeved up um, our Emrakuls. And yeah. I think we collectively played against it once all weekend. I drew it zero times. I never boarded it in. Adds up. Um, another big thing that I think a lot of Titan players don't value is Ancient Tomb in the deck, and by that I mean Castle Garenbrig. Castle Garenbrig is a card that I've been high on for a while. I, I was playing three of them on release, I think. Since now I've cut down to two, and I think that's pretty standard in my lists nowadays. But um, as, as you'll see, a lot of lists have been cutting down to one or even zero in favor of playing either more different utility lands or lands that help you support different splash colors like red or blue. Um, uh, as you'll see later, some of the other players who did well at this event also were playing multiple Castle Garenbriggs, which I think is honestly a correct decision right now. Yeah, I know a lot of people that I was talking to before the event were trying to convince me to cut at least one for another Cavern of Souls, as we were both only on one Cavern of Souls in the main deck, which I feel like given the field that we played against was correct. Castle providing just non-amulet ramp was so valuable definitely to me this tournament despite my modest results and I think it definitely helped you get to where you ended up absolutely like in, in all of the matchups where you're racing things like rhinos or hammer or anything where their interaction isn't great or at least they they don't their interaction isn't going to win them the game um, it just slows you down the, the castle baron giving you basically an extra turn oftentimes is very helpful although 
this is not to say there isn't downside. I also definitely lost at least one game because if it was a basic, it would have actually won me the game if I had the untapped brain source. Uh, one thing that uh, Noah just mentioned that some people might be very surprised at that we should probably touch on is the one Cavern of Souls main board. We do have two more in the sideboard. We were playing the exact same 75 at this event. Um, the logic behind that was basically that we had a lot of practice in the Merktide. We're pretty confident in the matchup, at least as confident as we think we could be with this list. Um, and as popular as Merktide and Blue-White Control are, those are the only matchups where Cavern of Souls is good. Um, they're the only decks that play counterspells in Modern right now, and it's just not very useful in general, and having for cards like Castle Garenbrig or extra utility lands that help, like Radiant Fountain or Colony Garden, which we were both playing in the main board, felt very useful, especially since the other popular deck in the Trials was Burn. As always, Burn sees a lot of play at SCG events. Having Mainboard Radiant Fountain helped a lot this event. There were, I think, a surprising number of aggro decks, and like when we were deciding what our last slot was going to be, um, I think we didn't expect Engineered Explosives to be anywhere near as relevant as what it was. Yeah, but... we'll, we'll end up getting more on that later when we talk about my event, but Engineered Explosives was a powerhouse this that weekend. <laughs> I know you played against Rhinos like an ungodly number of times. It definitely yeah. came up against me in the matches. I was playing against Prowess and Hammer. Prowess was also another deck that I did not expect to see as much of as we did. Yeah, My spoilers have won the entire event. Must be good, right? <laughs> yeah, I played against it a couple of times in day two, and I also saw just a lot of people playing it in general. The deck seems like sneakily good, and I definitely think if you don't play Modern and you're listening to this for some reason, that it is a deck that I would recommend getting into the format with. Um but the engineered explosives was definitely key. That, yeah. Um... It's it's not exactly too far off the off the average. It's pretty common. Every list is playing one explosives in the board. It's pretty common to play two or three. Uh, just something worth mentioning because um, a lot of lists have been dropping it because things like Rhinos and Hammer are already good matchups. I think it's good to respect these decks enough that a second copy is good. And I... It, it did help this weekend. I think it helps with Team Rhinos, which I feel like is not the most favorable of matchups. Um, there, it definitely picks up a few percentage points, and as I've been playing with it more on Moto since the event, it's been very good in the couple of trophies I've gotten. I think the dumbest thing that I did, though, at this event was not change my main deck or my sideboard between day one and day two. Knowing what the meta was like more there, I honestly got too tired playing Dominary Remaster Drafts, Saturday night after the main event was over, day one, um, mm -hmm. and I just didn't make any changes. Like, looking back on it, I definitely should have cut, like, the Emrakul and a couple of other cards and slotted some more around for the meta that we expected, and I'm not yeah, sure I, that would have helped, but... I think an extra dismember could have gone a long way in your board, but let's, uh, let's get right into that. Noah, let's hear about your day one experience at the CG Jersey. Dear Lord, every every amount of my win rate that I held dear was completely undone by this event. My day started by sitting down, losing the die roll, and getting grief plus Malakir rebirthed. I lost all my cards in hand, and I also lost that match in three, picking up game two off of some endurance and tireless tracker beats, which definitely feel like the key to winning that matchup. But game three, I just didn't draw them, and he turned two to a blood moon into me. Um, and then yes. Yeah. So Scam is pretty much the worst matchup we had. We knew going in the if we play against Scam, we're at best like fifty fifty to win. And that's if we get lucky. I that's that's why we have members in the board, but it's it's still not ideal. 
Yeah, we were only on two because I think Dismember was the card we ultimately cut for the the Emrakul, which again, looking was. back, was pretty foolish. <laughs> Absolutely, um, looking back, it was. I played against Scam three times in the 20k and the 5k together, and then I think another couple times in some modern side events. It was it was painful. Match two, we got to. This was the matchup that we wanted. That this is the matchup that we attacked for. It was Merktide. We had like a 13 card sideboard plan. I think the only cards we didn't bring in were the two EEs and one Emrakul. And I lost in two to possibly the most blingy deck I've ever played against. Uh, there's nothing quite like being in the 0-1 bracket and sitting down from someone that goes turn one onslaught foil flooded strand, fetch, judge promo bolt your arboreal grazer, and then you lose that match. That's pretty much the only way to make the Merktide matchup worse is to make it that much more demoralizing. Yeah, so... Especially since you also brought your blingy titan deck to this event and just got completely outclassed. Oh, I got completely flexed on. I was 0-2 at this point. I was feeling horrible. I think I had by far the worst record of everyone in our group at that event. At that point, we traveled with like seven people. Um, so after I was done getting my butt handed to be my Merktide... I sat down pretty demoralized, 0-2, realizing I needed to flip into a 6-0 to make, have any chance of making day 2, and at this point, my goal was just 2-2, get my 50% win rate. I can even, like, drop at that point and go play, like, some Dominari Remastered Drafts. And I if said I remember again, correctly, after round 4, there were going to be some, uh, some two-headed giant events going on, and I think everyone in our group was expecting to play in those. Uh, there was, I think, one person that was... 3-0 at that point but yeah it was it was pretty bad for us and then i sit down and my opponent goes turn one fetch shock overgrown tomb ignoble hierarch and yogmoth is like the third or fourth worst matchup i could have sat across at that besides like murktide scam and maybe team of rhinos i it was like the worst thing that i could expect particularly good yogmoth players will just hand it to you and yeah. by some miracle i won game one and the post-board games, which are the games that Titan is supposed to lose, as Yawgmoth just brings in so much disruption for. Thankfully, my opponent just never drew the right disruption. Uh, there was a couple of interesting sideboard mistakes, I think, on their end that included, like, engineered explosives, which ended up ruining some of their mana dorks to only hit really? one of my amulets. They ruined the explosives. It was an interesting experience. My opponent was not the happiest. They cracked an EE with an amulet trigger on the stack, trying to fizzle the trigger which was a whole judge call and incident that right. left a pretty sour taste in my mouth but like they ruined their board on that i think they popped like a bird two ignobles and my amulet and they were down to like two lands and a wall of brutes in play and i had five mana for a titan the next turn and like it was just over at that point so i was able to 2-0 yogmoth and like that was what got me my mojo back for that weekend i was considering just dropping and driving home and saying like find a way home i was so mad we beat yogmoth we hit bad matchup bad matchup bad matchup but we beat one of them time to go home i mean if i lost i was probably going home to be honest but i won so we stayed in and then match four this was this was the demoralizer i, I got the absolute joy of getting paired into ashlyn johnson uh which if you've never played against her she is one of the best magic players on the east coast and she plays yogmoth and i know she plays yogmoth and everyone in the area knows that she plays yogmoth which her build is particularly good into titan as she's on magus of the moon she's on a bunch of disruption spells that some of the lists are starting to cut and yeah. i got just obliterated i lost the die roll and i 
at that point, like, I mentally knew it was over. Um, just Yawgmoth was just a better combo deck there in that matchup. I don't think there's much more I could do mulligan more, but there is has to be a fear of Thoughtseize in that matchup because they board two to four copies in. Um, yeah, one one of the problems with that matchup, like you said, is Magus of the Moon. You basically have to win game one because in the coin toss that they are on Magus post board, you have a really hard time beating that. If they they can get it as early as turn two, and you need Dismember to answer it. So it's, if, as you said, she was playing Magus in her build of Yawgmoth, that's basically lights out once you lose game one. Yeah, I, I, I do a packed trigger in game two, do a Magus, getting Eldritch Evolutioned out, and it was just over. Thankfully for my ego, my day two was a lot better than my day one. Um, I started off waking up at 9am to drive Nathan over to go play in day two, as he did make day two. And I sit down from the, my opponent at the table, and dear lord again, lose the die roll and get turn one grief plus undying evil. Which and is was, at what point, at, that's the point at which you... Uh... You check your phone to check that it is actually Sunday now and not Saturday. It's not Groundhog Day. You're not reliving the same day. It's just a new day, same hell. Yeah, so would you believe me if I told you that I won that game? I would. Yeah, so I ended up... They took a couple of amulets, and I ended up just curving out some Arboreal Grazers to block before I resolved a Titan, got some value lands, and ended up killing them with a Dryad Valakit plan. And then game two, they just kept a, a hand that was worse than a Titan, turn one of Fury, which would normally be good, but because they weren't able to get the two for one of hitting any of my creatures, I just deployed some blockers, blocked with Urza's Sagas long enough to get some amulets out, and then ramped into a Titan and got them in two. And I felt pretty good about that win. Um, yeah, the the Fury plus Undying plan, it seems good. It's a three-turn clock. It's a turn four kill. The problem is Titan does Goldfish faster than turn four, usually. Um, and... This is one of the many reasons I love the main board Colony Garden and Amulet Titan right now. A lot of lists aren't even playing inside, but for matchups like Scam and uh, Creativity especially, and just any aggro deck like Prowess, it feels so good to have that little buffer for when you don't have Amulets or they have a very fast clock and you just need the like game three or game five or even game two sometimes is enough to get you the extra turn you need to win. Yeah, the Colony Garden was definitely good today, but uh, it was not actually relevant in that matchup. I think another thing that a lot of players underrate is that Urza Saga isn't just a colorless land with Amulet Vigor on Suspend 3. The second mode of Constructs is so key in a lot of matchups. Scam is one of the biggest ones where Constructs are relevant now. Like, they, a lot of times they just can't beat the two three threes, and then even finding map to find more Constructs can be game-winning there. And they're yep. just having some 1-1 one -one chump blockers to throw in front of a Fury long enough to be able to Titan was what won me the match. Um, moving on to the second match I sat down, I thought my opponent was on Murktide, um, as I've seen them at a couple events before and they've played Murktide, um, but they actually went turn one, fetch shock, Darcy Bobble, and I was like, alright, here's Murktide, then turn two, Monastery Swift Spear, lava dart you, um, and... Or did they not reveal Gigantha? It was not on Gigantha. Interesting. Uh, it was, a uh, Gigantha's prowess, um... Honestly, and... might be better considering if you reveal Gigantha, they're probably going to know you're on Prowess, and your turn one against Prowess is very different from your turn one against Murktide. Murktide. So it actually For... doesn't seem terrible. For sure, it was it was it was it was an interesting build, but um, I ended up getting there in three. Engineered Explosives was really key in that matchup. I think at one point, 
my opponent was very confused when I popped it to blow up two of my amulets and their one Soulscar Mage, but like that was what won me the match is I just couldn't die at that point and I had the Titan in play to kill them. Oh yeah, um, if the Titan's already in play, the amulets have done their job in a match of like Prowess where they don't have a combo that kills you or they don't have a single card that completely ruins your deck like Blood Moon. If you have a Titan in play and you can untap with it, you're probably winning anyway. Yeah, I think EE was probably the best sideboard card I played all weekend, um, and it came in in almost every matchup I played that wasn't Merc Titer Scam. Um, match three was probably the most interesting match I played against all weekend. Uh, my opponent was really nice. I think he plays um, around Dicidian for like the Legacy Pit sometimes. He had one of the Legacy Pit shirts on that's like for the team and not just for their events that you can buy. Um, he sat crisscross applesauce in the seat the whole time, and we talked about life for like the first 10 minutes of the match clock. Um, mm. He was on blue-red breach, no Jeskai, no teamer, but it was Gigantholus. He was playing like counter spells and a couple of other like double-pipped cards, Archmage's Charms, that really just made it seem like he took a Murktide list, cut the Murktides for um, Underworld breaches, and just ran with it as is. And he actually ended up doing really well at that event. I think he top 16. All right, I know nice. he top 16 I think he top 8'd. Was it um, on grinding stage? It was non-combo breach, so the, okay. the the value there was just... um There was a couple of grape shots in the list, but it wasn't like a storm off in one turn combo. It was just like, maybe I Mishra's Bobble into grape shot. And I, I lost in 3 to that, but like that was actually like a really fun match to play, and it was very interactive. There were... A lot of counter spells cast, a lot of unholy heats that actually made it seem like more unfavorable than almost Murktide. Like they could just combo kill out of nowhere with breach some bolts. Um, yeah. And then the next match, I got the joy of playing breach again. I lost in three to Teamer breach this time, and breach in general feels like a very good matchup. When your opponent has access to run and six Besaju, it feels a lot worse. Yeah. And Breach just I... sometimes has the tools to get to their combo with, like, looping Aether Spellbomb with Emery before you can, like, actually stick a Titan long enough to kill them, and they can Grinding Station you, Besaidu gives them another tool, Renan 6, like, fixes their mana so much. Yeah, they definitely get better interaction against you than you do for them, but you're still generally a better combo deck. Like, you, you have tools, things like Endurance, or even Besaidu is not bad. Um... But your Titan's probably going to resolve before they can combo anyway, most of the time. Unless they have things like Ren 6 plus Besaidu, or if they have Spellbomb plus Emery. Yeah, and they were they were able to get those engines on fairly early in the two of games that they won, and they weren't in the game that they lost, which seems like how that matchup goes in general. Um, we had the chance actually to speak with Michael Mapson at one point um, during the con. And he was talking about Teamer Breach and how he thinks it's like the best deck in the format now just because he gets to play all of the best cards in the format, which I honestly think is a fairly decent deck to have. Yeah, if I recall correctly, he was basically Jeskai Breach, but was splashing green for Ren 6 and Besaju. Yeah, I mean, it Ren and 6 is a good card, but we already knew that. Um, the list seems... it The mana is clunky at some points, but like overall it seems very powerful. Um, and so at that point I was 2-2 and I knew that I couldn't pick up another match loss or I was out of cashing at top 16 and my chance of redeeming any like hope from this weekend was over um, and I got paired into Hammer and that was that was a matchup that like I really needed. Hammer's in general a very good matchup for Titan and I was like happy to be able to 
you know, take a breath, realize that, like, I'm in the driver's seat in this matchup, I just need to mulligan for the right cards, and there's not much they can do to stop me other than just draw the turn twos. So I was yeah. able to just, like, slow down, mulligan for Besejus, play a more controlling matchup, and, like, yeah. that was the breath that I needed that event. So I won the only, three. The only thing that made Hammer different for this weekend is that this was very shortly after Brothers War release, which meant Haywire Might was some new tech they were trying. Pretty much every list was playing one copy at this event, um, which definitely helps the matchup. It kills a saga, which strip mines and stops an amulet later, but it still isn't quite good enough most of the time. No, like I feel like the best. It's the same thing Urza Saga. I think in that deck is the same thing with Stoneforge against Ham against Amulet, where if you're not finding Colossus Hammer, there's a solid chance you were losing that match. Like they found a Haywire Might, um, pop my Saga, and I was just able to untap, play an Amulet, and go off. Um, it just like it's the same thing with Stoneforge finding Cauldra. Like eventually you're threatening Lethal, but you need to be comboing faster in this matchup to have a good chance of winning. I think Hammer is entirely possible. It's entirely capable that that deck can play controlling enough that the Cauldra complete is good. I've lost pretty much every game I've lost to Hammer on Titan, which is not very many, relatively speaking. But pretty much everyone is, they have turn two equip hammer and attack, or at least turn two equip hammer, and I don't have any blockers or a turn three kill. Or yeah. they put Cauldron Complete into turn three and play March of Otherworldly Light or Haywire Might or uh, even Solitude once or twice, or I've... just whatever interaction they need just to slow you down enough that the four turn clock on Cauldron Complete is lethal. I have lost some surprisingly high number of games to Cauldron Complete. I think it's an underrated strategy against Titan, honestly, because Unless I'm boarding in Dismember, I don't have an answer to it. I look at it the opposite way. I'm boarding Dismember into Hammer, but like I don't even think that's the relevant part. I think that Cauldron Complete is just too slow regardless of your controlling elements. Titan can still spell out their hand enough into Cauldron to where the Cauldron is no longer near lethal. I don't think I've actually lost a game against Hammer where my opponent's fetched a Cauldron. And it's been like probably two dozen matches. Uh, against hammer of them like going for cauldron complete kills and me not losing those like i definitely just lose to when they have the fast equip hands or like blacksmith skill to back up their equips that feels like a lot worse for us um, yeah those are definitely the those are the hands that the deck's built for right those those are how they get the scam wins basically yeah so at this point i think the main event was over the 20k was over and everyone else that i was driving back and our car was waiting on me to finish um and match six of the day i sit down against this guy he's very nice we talked a little bit after the match um but it was scam again for like the third or fourth time that weekend um turn one fury undying in the blind every time and i was i was a little mad at this point that it happened a third time with me losing the die roll again uh so he was able to snag an amulet and a grazer out of my hand and at that point um, I was basically out of the water for that game, and I picked up game two off of some tireless tracker beats and some endurance beats, and I ended up um, losing in three after a quick Ragavan into Blood Moon into Hardcast Fury. Game three just disrupted all my plans. I had to dry it out under the moon, but Fury just ended it, and like, I don't feel like I was able to take that much out of that matchup. Maybe I just am not looking at it well enough, and I need to go back and think about it more, but like... A lot of the games in that matchup, I think the, the most frustrating part for me is it just feel like non-games where there's not much I can look at like to do better. 
but yeah, I think it, it would be great if we could put some kind of haymaker for the matchup in the sideboard. If there's just kind of not necessarily an I win button, but a card that says that we actually have a chance if we draw it, you know, the kind of thing where people are trying Orvar against creativity or even Blood Moon against Amulet Titan. But as, uh, as far as any cards we've tested so far, that doesn't seem to be the case. The best card we have against Skim is just Dismember at this point, which unfortunately doesn't really work if it's in your opening hand because they can just grief it. Yeah, I think you had a much more hilarious journey through this event, though, if you want to talk about that a little. Yeah, this, this one went a little better, um, and I certainly hit better matchups. So uh, I will start by saying that uh, Saturday morning, I had gotten about two hours of sleep uh, and was feeling miserable. My my throat was killing me. I was drinking water the whole day to try to counteract that. Had a ton of cough drops. Still felt miserable because of how little sleep I got. But decided to play anyway instead of skipping. Um, maybe not the best choice. Maybe I should have, you know, taken care of my mental health first. But who cares? Magic's fun. Um, I feel like it went okay for you in the end. It it turned out to be profitable. It in hindsight, it was a good idea to play. Um, so round one, um, my opponent is also on Yawgmoth. Um, I managed to win game one very close. Um, my opponent lost the game, or when my opponent, when I went for lethal, my opponent was at one life and had a very good board. They, I suspect if they were at two life, they would have won the game because they could have initiated the Yawgmoth loop. But at one life, you can't sacrifice or you die, even if you have the blood artist out. Uh, they did have Hopatra, which threw me for a loop. I had most lists, at least I wasn't expecting Hepatra. I'm I haven't checked lists often enough, but by now I think they probably should be. Hepatra seems very good in in the Ogmoth deck in general and in the Titan matchup. You just get that, to pay X life, kill an kill, you know, X toughness creature. That was my experience with a couple of matchups I played against Yogmoth was that Hapatra just seems like the best undying creature to draw there because it functions as an undying creature for the combo, while also just being the tool that you need with Yogmoth to be able to kill anything that comes down. Like it's so good into any matchup like Hammer where you can kill their X ones before they equip, Titan where we just don't function if we can't stick like Titans and Dryads on the board at all. And even some of the like more less creature based matchups like our rhinos, it can be what they need to stay alive long enough to like get a blood artist out. It just seems so good. Yeah, game one, I I only won because I was able to play Titan plus Titan plus Dryad. They have to pay sixteen life to kill all of those, and I managed to play the second Dryad with Valkyrie online to kill them while they're at one life. So win game one, game two, pretty typical post board Yawgmoth first Titan game. They did not show me Mags of the Moon. But they did have enough other interaction things like Force of Vigor and Thoughtseize. I believe I did get turn one Thoughtseize, which just completely ruined my plan that game. Game three, I'm on the play. I mulligan to four and they mulligan to five. Looks pretty terrible for me, but I'm pretty sure Titan Mulligan's a lot better than Yawgmoth. Even on four, it probably is about even in terms of how playable hands are. Um, I don't remember the exact sequence, but by turn three, my opponent has Thoughtseized me. They have Yawgmoth plus some dorks in play and no cards in hand. I have Dryad and Amulet in play, no lands in play, because my Amulet is off the Saga. And my hand includes, uh, after taking my draw step, my hand includes Summoner's Pact, Arboreal Grazer, Primeval Titan, Simic Growth Chamber. So if I Pact for a Grazer, I can make Titan mana. I do that, and I get Boros Garrison Slayer Stronghold to give haste, attack, they activate Yawgmoth a couple times, then let attacks happen. 
Um, I get two green sources so that I can pay for Pact even if Dryad dies. They take their turn. They draw their card for turn, think for a couple seconds, and call a judge. Uh, anyone who's been playing Titan long enough knows exactly what this judge call is. At this point, I've already mentally conceded. Uh, he talks with the judge for about a minute, comes back, uh, and casts in uh, Eldritch Evolution, sacrificing a creature, and finds Mags of the Mink. Um, at this point, it doesn't matter which lands I fetched off Titan, I only have three lands in play because of the Boros Garrison, so even if the two lands I fetched off Titan were basics, I cannot pay for Pact. Um, only after the event did I realize that I somehow didn't find the line of just getting Crumbling Vestige instead of Boros Garrison, because I had the Dryad in play, it still makes red-white, it can still give Titan haste, the Titan attack can get two basics, and I can still play under a Blood Moon. I think I'm probably winning that game from there, but I would have had no cards in hand, and they still have the Yawgmoth, so it's entirely possible I lose anyway. But regardless, I do lose to my Pact on the next turn. So I'm 0-1 in day one, already regretting going. Round two, um, I'm paired into five color Rhinos. I lose game one, which is not really where you want to be, but it's a good enough matchup that you can still salvage around a game one loss and uh, win the matchup, which is what I end up doing. Uh, they just are able to kill me with a turn three Cascader game one, but post board the typical hands where I turn three Colossus or turn four Colossus, turn three Titans usually good enough. Rhinos generally has the problem where they just can't beat a primeval Titan if it resolves. Like if they try to leyline binding it, I can get get some Besages if they're not presenting lethal, obviously. Um, if they're not presenting lethal, I can always just get Teleri West Simmer Growth Chamber. It can get a Besageu, it can get another Pact. And if I untap with it, I'm probably winning as well. Um, the only meaningful decision that I wanted to note from that game was in game three, um, I untap with the Titan. They have a pretty big board. I can go for lethal because I have a Pact in hand, but they have a white mana up. They could have Leyline Binding. If they do, I actually just lose because they have, I think, four Rhinos in play at that point. Um, instead, I just decide to play the conservative line of cast Engineered Explosives, pop it, and pass the turn, which ends up winning me the game. They didn't have the Leyline Binding, but I think it's still correct. So, 1-1 one, one on the day. Round 3, I get paired into Shaheen Saran, who is... I did not know at the time, I hadn't heard of him, but turns out to be a very good Magic player. Um, he reveals Kahira, almost always Azorius Control. Um, I'm very tired. I don't want to play this matchup, but I, at this point, I'm thankful that I put the Emrakul in my sideboard. Um, I draw the one of Camera Souls game one, which you might think means that I immediately won the match, but because of mainboard subtlety, I actually still lose game one. Main deck um, subtlety is a choice that I don't think is for us. Like, to my understanding, it seems to be more tech to some other decks, but is very good into Titan, incidentally. Absolutely. I, as a threat and an answer. And... I think it's very good in the deck. It, I think one-ups in general are completely fine in control decks just because of how much card filtering you're able to see. And for a matchup like Titan, where you want this one of the best cards against the deck, it there's no way for Titan to play around the cards. It just feels so powerful against Titan as a mainboard card or even sideboard. Yeah, I um, know they were on Subray Dismissal for a while as like an out to like both Emrakul and um, Cavern of Souls making Titans uncounterable. Um, subtlety feels a lot better as a way that also closes out the game that can still just make us like randomly die to a packed trigger even if we're playing through a cavern. Um, yeah, one know. of the biggest mistakes I see control players play against Titan is where they assume that if the game goes long, they're going to win, 
which is not always the case. They need to have either a card advantage engine like Teferi or Jace, or they need to have a clock, which is why Kahira is actually really good in the deck, because they play a Solitude on turn 5, a Subtlety on turn 6 maybe, they play Kahira and turns out they have a 2 turn clock, which is actually where exactly where you want to be as control against Titan. So I lose game 1, game 2 I get to board in the Emrakul, along with some other stuff, Tireless Trackers, Extra Caverns, Besages, because he's on my land binding. Um, and my hand has, I think, three Sagas, and I end up drawing the fourth, or it has two, and I draw both of the others. Unfortunately, over the course of the game, he manages to find all four Teferi Time Travelers, which just, uh, it completely neuters my mana. He bounces Sagas three or four times that game, and I'm never able to develop my mana base. He ends up hard casting, I'd say, Lestality, then a Solitude, and I never even get to cast a Primeval Titan, I don't think. I don't draw the Emrakul, but even if I had, I never had even close to enough mana to cast it. So, losing to Control feels bad. Being 1-2 in the main event feels bad, because at that point I have to 5-0 to make uh, Day 2. At this point, I really want to drop to play side events, but I decided to stick it in for a couple other matches. You ended up stick. You were gonna leave to play on two-headed giant with one of our friends, and I think the only reason you didn't like drop the main event there was because he stayed in for another round. That is probably accurate. I was uh, not very willing to play competitive magic at that point, but if I'm not playing in the two-headed giant with anyone, I might as well keep going, see if I can pick up another match win or two. So round gonna, four, I get paired into Enchantress, which I'm gonna, is. I'm... <laughs> Sorry, what? Oh, I was saying, I'm going to be honest. I came up to you after my match was done because my round four was against Ash and was over very quickly. And I came over and I saw just Enchantress assembled with a bunch of Blood Moons against you. And I was convinced that you were just dropping and you were going to drive home that day. It was entirely possible. Thankfully, you came at game two. And Enchantress is a very interesting deck. Um... I think it has a lot of good matchups right now. Unfortunately, Titan is not one of them. Titan is very, very favored into Enchantress, from what I can tell, from my limited experience against it. Especially with four Pesajus. Um, The secret best card in the matchup, not even really a secret, is Engineered Explosives, because other than Stony Silence, they don't have an answer to it. And, and their entire lock, with things like Sterling Grove and Blood Moon and Solitary Confinement, and all these other random enchantments that are supposed to make you not able to play the game still get hosed by engineered explosives, except Stone Silence. So game one, I do the normal Titan thing. They don't have any good interaction for it. Game two, uh, I actually make a very subtle misplay where um, I am. they have Solitaire Confinement, Sterling Grove, Blood Moon, and some other stuff. They don't have a clock yet. But I am three men short of playing Dried of the Elysian Grove to make my force able to tap for blue mana to transmute to Larry West for engineered explosives cast it for three, pop it, kill their uh, stacks pieces, and I win the game. I'm three men short of that. I have a Titan in play and a Titan in hand. I cast the Titan from hand, get two lands, and I choose to not attack with the other Titan and hope to draw the land for, to do this line the next turn. Don't know why I did that. I think they might have had a creature big enough to kill it, like it would have just died in combat for no value. I still should have attacked, obviously, to guarantee that I can uh, wipe their board the next turn. They then play Stony Silence the next turn, so I no longer have outs. Game three, pretty typical as always. I think they played a turn one Sanctum Weaver, I besage it. They don't have enough mana to get an engine going, and I just kill them on turn four or five. So, two and two. Round five against Selesnya Hammer. Um, 
pretty typical hammer, just no blue cards, and they were playing Haywire Might. Um, I managed to lose game one because uh, I have a Titan in play. They need they have one more turn before they die, and they have one card in hand, and they need to have exactly a hammer plus a way to equip it. They draw a card, place a guard, say play hammer. So they top deck one of the two with had the other in hand. Um, pretty frustrating. Uh, again, it's a good matchup, so you're okay being down a game, but it still always feels bad. Games two and three, they try to haywire might to stop me, but as we've said, it's a pretty good matchup already. It's kind of difficult for Hammer to salvage. Um, round six, I get oh, another one thing about matchup. Hammer that I think is interesting. In our notes, I think all of our Hammer matchups we listed as Selesny Hammer. I don't know how many were actually on the blue splash. I only saw one Hallowed Fountain out of a hammer deck, like the entire event, even when I was like walking around looking at them, and maybe I just wasn't being observant enough. But it seemed interesting that for this event specifically, and like that hasn't been reflected in the online meta or in any paper events at like Tree Stay or any of the NRG series since, was Hammer was cutting the blue splash basically entirely, just playing a Temple Garden for Haywire Might and going definitely more into a mono white plan. Like, I saw a lot of mana tides, a lot more marches, and a lot fewer spell pierces and reality chips. I don't know. Yeah, you probably would have well. seen some silences out of the side instead of spell pierce to beat things like Living End. That's. It's. I don't know which is better, and I should say, I definitely don't know for sure that my opponent wasn't on blue, but game one, they turned one fetch at Temple Garden, which made me assume that they weren't on blue at all, because usually they're going to want the Hollowed Fountain first, or they're just going to want a basic. Um, but regardless, the blue splash, the green splash, it doesn't really make much of a difference against Titan. So, round six, another pretty good matchup in Burn. Um, my opponent's not very happy to hit the matchup, as you can expect. It's completely fair. I play a turn three Titan both games. They scoot pretty easily. Matches over in ten minutes. And funnily enough, the rest of my friends who I went with, who were still in the main event at this point, also all played against Burn, and also all beat them either 2-0 or 2-1 pretty quickly too. It was funny. Everyone on our team just dumpstered burn that round, which was cathartic, to say the least. So now it's round six and I'm four two. I actually have a chance at top eight or at day two, sorry. Um I just need to win two oh at this point. I'm feeling a little better at this point. Uh I'm I'm more invigorated at least. I, I want to win. I want to make day two. Uh this is actually the first uh the first single day two event I've played. I played a team event a while ago in Baltimore where uh, that's the one where I ended up top eighting the 5k because we didn't make day two as a team. Um, so I want to make day two this time. And round seven, I get paired into five color rhinos for the second time of the day. This time, it's not even as close as it was in round two. I just beat them 2-0, pretty normal Titan stuff. Their interaction's not good enough. Leyla and Binding gets hit by Paseju. Turn three Titan, turn four Colossus, just is good enough against them. They pretty much need to have subtlety to beat a Colossus. So that's the most stressful part of a tournament now. I'm 5-2, I have a win in it. Win the match, I'm in day two. Lose the match, I can't make day two. And I have to play side events the next day if I even have the mental or physical energy to play in the second day. Um, round eight is, yet again, five color Rhinos. Like I said, Engineering Explosives did a ton for me this weekend. Um, I win game one, pretty typical stuff. Game two, they have to mold a four, at which point I am mentally cheering. I don't want to express anything 
physically or verbally because I don't want to make my opponent salty because they also have a win and in. Um, but I'm very happy because I'm I pretty much assume I'm in day two at that point, pretty cockily. But they mold a four. They end up uh I believe pitch casting a force of vigor targeting just Urza Saga at one point, and then pitch casting a fury to kill a dryad. So they two for one themselves twice on a Moldafor. The game's not even a real game. What was interesting though is that they did have Blood Moon post board out of five color rhinos, which is not something I really expected. But as I was talking with him, it kind of made sense. They can fetch basics pretty often. If Blood Moon is generally good against five color rhinos, but they can play around it pretty easily if they know it's coming. Their deck's not super color intensive. They just need like a single forest, single mountain, single island, single plains, which they can fetch pretty easily. I guess they don't need to fetch the mountain if they're under a Blood Moon. Blood Moon but, out of rhinos. Yeah. Out of five color rhinos was definitely something I think we've seen be more popular on Moto since that event. Like a lot of five color lists on online at any of the larger events like challenges, etc., have been on sideboard blood moons, which I think is something to be aware of going into the future. Yeah, I actually just lost a match to five color rhinos today because um because they had a blood moon that I was not expecting at all to lose game two, and then game three they have whatever else they need. But regardless. Five color rhinos carried me in today too. <laughs> Beat it three times. Engineered explosives carrying way more than its weight. So I'm six two, and I'm in day two. Day two, round nine, get paired into five color creativity. I win game one, which is really helpful because it's a pretty even matchup in my experience. A lot of people think it's pretty bad for Titan, which I understand. It's it can be pretty frustrating, but their their interaction is better than five color rhinos is like they have things like prismari command which can kill amulets more efficiently than something like i don't know force of vigor if they don't have a green card to pitch um and they have teferi to mount sagas which not all five color lists are not all rhinos lists are playing anymore um and then obviously creativity is a better card against titan than cascaders are into rhinos um but i win game one and then games two and three, they just have tons of interaction. Teferi's bounce sagas, binding sitting titans. And I believe both games has a turn four or five Archon, which is just pretty much going to win if it gets to attack. Um, I believe game three, I end up playing a Hail Mary Colossus with one amulet and playing one land in hand, but draw a Grazer or something or a Titan off the top, which is not good enough. I need to hit a bunch of lands in a row. So I lose round nine, first round of day two. One thing that I think is like pretty key to the creativity matchup that like obviously looking at creativity it makes sense with how their deck is built that like their interaction isn't actually like amazing like Prismari commands and fire ices and those types of cards are like obviously they're not permanent answers in general like tapping down a permanent etc or bouncing something off of a Teferi but like it's just enough for that deck to be able to combo off and I feel like that's a especially highlighted in amulet where like the matchup feels so much worse on the draw than on the play just because like icing a land to prevent you from casting a dryad to like keep you off of a titan the next turn feels like so much more of a reverberating effect than like oh you ice a land i can't hold up counterspell for a turn at a merc tide or something yeah absolutely and like i said creativity as a card is just so much better against titan if you if you get to stop amulet for two or three turns and play an archon that's most likely going to win you the game. Whereas if Rhinos tries to do the same thing and put two 8-8s into play or two 8-8s into 2-2, that's not usually going to be good enough. That's at best a two-turn clock. 
with no disruption at all. Archon actually gains life and discards cards, draws cards. So I lose that round. I'm eight and or sorry, six and three now. Um, round ten, I get paired into Murktide. Finally, first time playing against Murktide or Scam, which are the matchups we were worried about and expecting. Um, game one, I actually feel pretty confident about. I had a lot of practice in the matchup, and I'm pretty confident that I know how to play it well. Um, I managed to win. They just, I believe, tapped out of Counterspell for one turn. Um, I'm able to land a Titan and bog them. They don't have an Unholy Heat, which means they have to either uh, like get Delirium again and find an Unholy Heat or kill me, neither of which they were able to do. Game two, they have to mold a five, which isn't exactly a death wish. It's not it's not going to kill them immediately, but it's a lot harder for them to win, especially since I kept seven. I believe I played a turn two tireless tracker that they had to use an unholy heat on. Um by turn three I was holding up Blood Moon or sorry, holding up Baseju for a Blood Moon every single turn. They knew about the Baseju because I had bounced in to hand earlier. Uh I think on turn five I ended up replaying the Baseju. And that's when they think they can play Blood Moon. They cast it, I float mana in response, and have the second Baseju to kill the Blood Moon, untap and kill them. So 2 0 Murktide feels good. Finally hit the matchup. We, I, I was preparing for it the last like two or three weeks before the event, and finally got to beat it. You were over the moon then, I remember. That was like so cathartic for you to come back, especially after losing the first match of the day. I remember you walking over to us, like, floating. I, I was pretty happy. Like, I... It was technically the first match I'd ever won in, in day two of an event. Not that, that really means much. Um, but it just felt good to actually be rewarded for practice and like deck building skills, sideboarding skills, whatever. Especially because like <laughs> looking into it, that in general, I think we consider that a fairly unfavorable matchup. And like at this point, if you lose, you're like out of contention for the top 12, which was the cut for the event for playing off to like go to the RC and top four. Yeah, Look, looking at the standings, twelfth uh, place was twelfth place at this event was ten four. They were the only, uh, yeah. Wait, no, there were only thirteen rounds, so ten three, I guess. Um, and um, technically X three could have made top twelve, but my breakers were awful this event. I needed to go X two to make top twelve, X three to make top sixteen, which was the best prize cut because then top 32 got less than half what top 16 gets um but still in contention for top 32 technically still in contention for top 16 if my breakers end up being good enough so seven three uh round 11 i get paired into five color rhinos again so it's the fourth time this weekend that i'm against five color rhinos um pretty typical matchup nothing Super interesting happened this time. I do lose game two after they mold five. Uh, just to note that it isn't an un unlosable matchup. They can still win. They had turn three Rhino, turn four Force of Vigor, some interaction to slow me down enough. Um, but I still managed to win game three. So eight and three after round 11. Round 12, I get paired into Team of Rhinos. Like I said, the engineer explosives did so much this weekend. Obviously, you can't expect to play against this deck five times in a 13-round event, but here we are. This time it's Teamer, which means they could be playing Blood Moon. Um, I should also note that this was Brittany Davis, who did a lot of work on Teamer Rhinos, um, one of the better pilots out there with the deck. 
Um, even after uh, after game one, we got a mid round deck check, and someone actually walked up to get their playmat signed, um, which is definitely intimidating to to realize that your opponent is one of the better pilots on a deck that's typically not bad against Titan because they can be playing Blood Moon, which in a Rhino's deck is very good because uh, one of the best ways to beat Titan is to have enough interaction plus a clock, which is why Mark Tide is just so powerful because Counterspell is good interaction against Titan. Unholy Heat, good interaction against Titan. And then Darcy and Ragavan and Shredder just get enough damage in to kill you. Rhinos with Blood Moon does the same thing. Um, thankfully, I never see a Blood Moon in either game. I managed to win both pretty handily. Um, and after the match, she tells me she's not even running Blood Moon at this event. She had zero in the 75. Yeah, she was on an Archmage's Charm build, right? I think so. I don't remember. I'm pretty sure the slot was Archmage's Charm in the main board, though. But there weren't even moves in the side, which surprised me a lot. Um, as she also mentioned, this was her third time in a row playing against Amulet Titan that day. Um, so probably reconsidered playing Blood Moon at that point. Um, but regardless, uh, it is round 12. I am now uh, 10 and... Th or sorry. Yeah, 10... 10 2? No. Yeah, 10 2. No, I lost. No, so I would have been 9 3 at that point. Yeah, 9 3. Um, which means I don't think I'm in top 12 contention because my breakers are still not great. Uh, but top, but if I win this next round, I'm probably in top 16, which is good prizes. If I lose, I might still be in top 32. We'll see how that ends up. So round 13 comes around. And just like my uh, weekend started, Turn one fetch shock noble hierarch. So Yogmoth. I play turn one uh I think it was Slayer Stronghold Amulet of Vigor Pass. Turn two. They play Ink Moth Nexus and mutate a gem razor onto the Ink Noble Hierarch. It's not a, it's not uh it's not Yogmoth anymore. This is Black Green Infect. They kill the Amulet of Vigor. I look in my hand with Arboreal Grazer and no untapped green sources. This is where the Castle Garbreak came back to bite me. Uh, the Colony Garden as well was also in that hand. None of them untapped. Can't make a blocker for the Ink Moth Nexus. I untap, play Castle Garibrig Pass. They uh, play a land, animate Ink Moth, play two Might of Old Krosas, and attack for exactly 10 Infect on turn three. Not great. Don't want to be down a game against this deck, but not much I can do about that. Wasn't super prepared, obviously. You don't expect to play against this deck. It's not very common yet, although with Phyrexia all will be one. Maybe it will be. Who knows? Game two is a much more interactive game. They play a Thought Caesar two. Uh, I believe I played a Dismember that game. Um, I believe I'd never end up resolving a Titan at all. I end up, yeah, I think I'm a turn too late to play a Titan. They get a couple Trump hits with a Plague Stinger and eventually just have a scale up for lethal. So, end the end of the weekend at ten three. Or sorry, 9-4. End the weekend at 9-4. Um, thankfully... hilarious story of how you got 32nd on Breakers. Yeah, I, I do get 32nd on Breakers. I, I pity the poor soul. There was a single 9-4 who got 33rd place. And then um, uh, a friend of mine actually got 34th at 9-2-2. So only one player at 9-3 uh, at didn't... Or Sorry, it wouldn't have been 9-2-2. It would have been... Um, uh eight three two sorry um there was a single nine four who did not make top 32 which i feel so bad for um but 
I managed to get 30 seconds, just barely good enough breakers, less than half a percent. Get me at 30 seconds for 200 bucks. Not bad. Definitely would have liked to win, for example, the round one Yawgmoth where I misplayed, which if I win that, technically, that could put me up to top 16. Um, if I draw a little better against the creativity player, or if they draw a little worse, or maybe if I play better against Shaheen Sarani on control, certainly possible I could have ended up in 10-3. Could have technically top 16, but that's that's how events go. Sometimes you get unlucky, sometimes you play poorly. It's still better than I expected. Very happy with the result. You definitely did very well, and I remember watching that Infect match. Like There was all of us that were waiting to like go and leave the event at this point, and we were... We were watching you, and we were they were very confused what you're playing against. I thought it was Yawgmoth. It was really confusing, but like we were definitely very proud of you at the end. you want to speak a little on the convention experience? I know you were playing a lot more matches than the rest of us were in the main event. Um, yeah, I mean, like I said, I was not feeling great at the start of the event. Day two felt a little better. Um, definitely got better sleep. Um, these conventions are just... These, these are the most fun I ever had. Saturday night was... Probably my best night of the year so far, obviously. It's been a short year. Um, but that was... This convention was one of the best experiences of my life so far. Um, it's great to meet all these great players like um, Jim Davis, Michael Mapson. I got to watch Reed Duke play an amazing match against John in day one. I got um, to watch sorry, Reed Duke <laughs> read Edgar Allan Poe in the corner of a Star City Games convention. Like, yeah, the, the experience of being there is just unbeatable. I'm really excited. SCG just announced earlier this week or late last week that um, SCG Charlotte was going to be a modern 20k, which obviously as modern players we're very excited about. It's a $20 entry for the 20k and a $10 entry for the 10k. I think we're both planning on going. Yeah, uh, if able, I'd love to go. Plan on playing Titan as always. Going to put in some work to try to maybe help the scam matchup probably just get more practice against Merktide in reality and hope to dodge scam. Um, most likely we'll end up playing a pretty similar list, but it's a month out. Let's see what happens. I mean, I think the super qualifier that we're playing this weekend that we're going to be streaming is definitely going to like help get some good ideas of what the meta is going to look like going forward. Um, so that's ideas. interesting. That's, that's another thing that I probably should mention before we finish here is that um, the online meta completely screwed me in this event. I did a lot of practice on Magic Online, and Same. one of the decks that I expected a lot was Jund Creativity. Uh, I played against <laughs> it pretty much every single league that I was practicing for in the week leading up to SCG Jersey, and played against it zero times. Didn't even see it except for one of our friends who brought it. It was I, nowhere to be found. You were so confident that it was going to be like one of the like third or fourth most popular decks there. I think we both went into the event assuming Creativity was going to have a high representation, you were definitely more like focusing on the online meta with Jun being more popular. I definitely was looking at some of the older um, SCG tournaments expecting five color creativity, and creativity just was not very popular at the event in general. Like it just completely got engulfed by breach players. It wasn't very popular, but if I recall correctly, it had a pretty good conversion rate. Uh, I don't want to go over all of the event, but it looks like there were a bunch of creativity lists in the top 32 that did decently well. Um, it definitely didn't, it had a pretty decent conversion rate into day two. Um, it, it was definitely a good deck to bring to the event. Um, but it was all five color, none of it Jund, which I expected, which is partly why I wanted the second engineered explosives. It's a lot better against Jund than it is against five color. 
because they don't have things like Prismari Commander Leyland binding. Engineered explosives definitely um, paid off though there. I think that's definitely going to be a staple of our sideboards at least for the next like couple of weeks or so yeah. as we look into the meta with like how popular Prowess has gotten since both on Moto and in paper with how popular Hammer continues to be especially as Merktide continues to just main be the strongest deck in the format as Rhinos be takes more up in play online. Yeah. Absolutely. So on that note, I want to thank you all for tuning in to the first episode of what will hopefully be multiple um, episodes of Summoner's Cast. Once again, I am not Cicero. I am Nathan of the Guild Leaf. And we will see you all the next time we decide to... Bye.